Welcome to Commending and Contending, a podcast of the Gospel Coalition Australia. I'm your host, Jonathan Holt. The Gospel Coalition Australia exists to encourage and assist Australian Christians to remain convinced of the truth and power of the gospel, to commend and contend for the gospel in our ministries and our lives, and to foster connections between individuals, ministries, and churches so that we can most effectively advance the gospel in Australia. Joining me today is Council Member Murray Capel. Welcome, Murray. Thanks, Jonathan. Good to be with you. Uh, now, could you just introduce yourself a little bit to our listeners today? Yeah, sure. I'd love to. Um, I'm a Kiwi, grew up in New Zealand and uh, had the privilege of going up, growing up in a Christian home. Uh, so my mum and dad taught me the gospel and uh, exposed me to the Bible right from when I was a baby. But I think like a lot of people growing up in Christian homes, it was probably in my teenage years that some of that really started to come home to my heart more personally. And uh, so I came to love the gospel and know the Lord Jesus as my own Lord and Saviour. And that led on to um, straight after university, I went to theological college, trained to be a pastor, and I was in pastoral ministry uh, in a church in Auckland for 10 years. And in 2001, I came to Australia. And I pastored a church here, but most of the time here in Australia, I've been involved in uh, theological education. So I currently lecture in uh, pastoral ministry subjects at Reformed Theological College in Melbourne. So, yeah, that's what I'm currently up to. Uh, married to Wendy. We've got five kids and a bunch of grandkids. So that's, that's the shape of my life at the moment. Thanks, Murray. And tell us, how has God been encouraging you recently? Yeah, it's a lovely question. And uh, I've been encouraged by seeing the way other people have been responding to God's word. Um, I've, I've been around some people of late who've just been responding to scripture so enthusiastically and so honestly. Uh, I was speaking at a church camp this past weekend and the way in which people were taking the word so seriously and being convicted by it and being excited by it, uh, it was just beautiful. And it made me think about my own response to the word. I was spurred on and encouraged by seeing God really powerfully at work in some of their lives. And I have the same thing at, at college. It's just lovely um, being in a theological college where people are doing lots of Bible and seeing students not just do it academically, but really responding to scripture, seeing light bulb moments, um, seeing their enthusiasm for the word. Uh, I find it just hugely encouraged by that and it spurs me on to respond better myself. Although sometimes when we're reading God's word, it can be a bit too much information and not enough transformation. We do want God's word to change us so that when we are living it out and commending it uh, to others, uh, our Bible reading is actually transforming us. God's word is actively changing us. How can we make sure we're doing that really well? Yeah, that is such a good emphasis, I think, and something I'm pretty passionate about. It's so easy for us to go to the Bible, sometimes actually just out of duty. We feel like 
I've got to do my Bible reading. Uh, other times we go in a slightly sort of intellectual way, which is not wrong. We're meant to think. We've got to use our brains when we read the Bible, but it's, it's for more than information. Like you say, it's for transformation. And so we've, we've really got to think about how we read the Bible in such a way that, you know, in line with what we're talking about at TGCA, how, how can we read the Bible so that we're contending for the gospel in our own hearts and commending the gospel to our own hearts? Because I think if we're going to contend for the gospel and, and commend the gospel beyond ourselves, we've got to start with ourselves. So we've, we've got to be quite intentional about how we read the Bible, how we do daily devotions or personal Bible reading or whatever you like to call it. Um, three things I think are helpful just in terms of our mindset and approach when we come to the Bible. The first thing I'd say is we need to start humbly and prayerfully. Um, we've, we've got to come to the Bible with a right heart. It's, it's not like any other book. It's a divine book. It's God speaking to us. Um, there was a Puritan guy called Thomas Watson who said, think in every line you read that God is speaking to you. And I think that's, a, you know, that's just a great way to come to Scripture and to come to it, you know, maybe just starting in prayer and confessing that we're naturally blind and we're naturally deaf and we naturally, apart from the work of the Spirit, have hard hearts. And so we need God to soften us up and open our ears and open our eyes. We need to admit our need of the word and come to it, um, asking that God really would speak to us. So I think, you know, that's pretty simple, but really important. And, and I can easily skip over that and just sort of rush in to, um, to read something fast. But starting humbly and prayerfully is a really great way to really be getting our hearts right. That prayerful work is a humbling work. It's a dependent work. So that's mm -hmm. a really good way to start. But then once we've prayed, once we've got our hearts ready to listen and we've actually got the Bible open, what's next? Yeah, the next thing I'd recommend is read slowly and actively. Read slowly and actively. It's just so easy for us to rush because we live our lives in a rush and lives are busy and we're, we may well just be squeezing in a bit of Bible time at the beginning of the day or somewhere along the line. Um, so we do Bible in a hurry. And, you know, you can get one-minute devotionals and a verse for the day. And there's a place for that. I, I don't want to um, you know, say that there's no place for that. But if we really want to hear God speak and if we want the Bible to be doing stuff in our hearts, we're going to have to slow down. I um, Years ago, I wrote a little, on a yellow sticky note, a couple of lines that I'd become convicted of that I needed to listen to um, if I was going to have better Bible time. And this little yellow sticky note sat on my desk for years and the two things on it are still etched in my brain. One was don't rush and the other was don't rob. And I, I'm always tempted to rob my personal Bible reading time for a bit of ministry time, you know, prepare a Bible study, get some sermon ideas down or whatever. Um, but if I want to hear God deal with me and speak to me, um, don't rush, 
don't rob that time for other stuff. And I think also try not to get distracted because digital devices and to-do lists and all that are crowding in on us. So if you slow down and then try to read actively, which might be you know marking stuff, underlining stuff, or taking notes, writing down stuff that strikes you, um, looking up other verses, maybe use some sort of concordance, go elsewhere, read around the passage. It's that really active reading of the Bible uh, that's going to be used of God to speak more deeply into our hearts. Sometimes I've uh, taken to writing out by hand what I'm reading, I think because it does those two things right away. It, it immediately slows me down to the speed I can write at, uh, but it also forces me to more actively take note of the words uh, that I'm looking at. And that's been really helpful when I've when I've ever kind of had that practice in my own personal Bible reading. That's such a good idea. Yeah, it's a great way to slow down and ponder more deeply what God is saying. In some ways, it's such a shame that our brains are so clever. We can read so quickly that we can actually skim over things that perhaps we need to slow down and more actively engage with. I think um, we can know our Bible so well that we come to it and we think, oh, yeah, I know this bit. And so we just go fast. But if you slow down, you see stuff that you've never seen before. True. So true. So we've started humbly. We're going slowly and actively in our reading. You said there were three things. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And in a, in a way, I think the third one is the big one. And I think it's the one that we often um, miss out on. And so, yep, start humbly and prayerfully, read slowly and actively. The third one I'd say is reflect deeply and personally. It's actually what um, older writers would have called meditation, meditating on the word of God. Um, Psalm 1 talks about that, doesn't it? Um, you know, blessed man is the one who meditates on the law of God day and night. And medit meditating is chewing it over, turning it over, uh, prolonged thought and batting it around in your own head. That might be by writing stuff down. It might be um, going for a walk and turning it over in your head. Uh, I do a fair bit of walking and talking to God um, as I chew stuff over that I've read in the Bible uh, and combining that deep reflection on the word with prayer. That meditative, reflective process is really helpful, but I also think it's good to have a a tool or a strategy or an approach to doing that. So I want to suggest um, an approach that I use and have found really, really helpful. Um, it's shaped around thinking about uh, our heart. Um, if we want the gospel and the word of God to be pressed on our heart, actually, what is our heart? What are the different aspects of our in a being and the model that i use for understanding the human heart is that our heart has if you like um four four chambers or four faculties um there's our mind our conscience our will and our passions and if you take a, a 
piece of God's word and work it into those different facets of the human heart, you, you really let the Bible speak deeply into you. So let me just walk through those. Um, start, start with the mind. Um, I actually think our mind, our capacity to think and understand is part of our heart, part of the real through us deep down inside. And so start there with, with the Bible passage that you've read. Just ask, what, what truth is there here that I need to take to heart? What, what do I need to believe? What do I need to trust? What, what's a key truth here about God and who he is or about his world or his plan or about the gospel or about Jesus or about humanity or whatever, you know, just what's the truth here that I need to think about? And why is that truth so important? Why does it matter? Why do I need to believe that with all my heart? So that's starting with the mind, thinking deeply. Then, uh, then it's good to press that truth on your conscience. And the conscience is like this little internal judge in our hearts. And sometimes that little internal judge is really harsh. He's a nasty little judge sometimes, condemning us and making us feel guilty when we shouldn't. And so it may be that the, the Bible comes along to, um, to relieve our conscience, to comfort us and encourage us as it points us to Jesus and the beautiful work of the gospel. Other times that little inward judge is a softy and he lets us off the hook. Um, we, we, we're not living well, we're not doing the right thing, we feel fine about it. And actually the word of God needs to convict our conscience convict us of sin. And so it's really useful to ask as you're looking at a truth, the truth that you're thinking about from that passage, um, useful to say, how, how do I measure up here? And how does this speak to my conscience? Uh, how am I doing? Am I on track? And sometimes the answer is yes, and we thank the Lord for that. And sometimes the answer is no, and this stuff we've got to confess and deal with. So that's the second way of working um, Bible truth into our hearts. Mind, conscience. Uh, third one is the will. That's the facet of the human heart where we have this capacity to choose and decide and take action, do stuff. And it's just useful to ask, you know, what should I do in response to this passage? Uh, how can I put hands and legs on this? And sometimes what we need to do is just stand in awe of God. Um, sometimes it's like, I just need to thank and praise the Lord for this. Or sometimes, because we've been convicted, you know, we might need to go and fix something up, which is not right, or make a change in our life, or be more generous, or um, forgive someone. You know, we've got to let the word of God start calling some shots in our lives. And so that's a good third thing to be turning over as you're writing or walking or thinking deeply about the word. What's it asking me to do today? And then the last one is um, to think about um, our passions. As humans, we have deep feelings and emotions and passions, longings, drives, desires. 
And the Bible speaks into all that. The Bible's meant to move us, not just, like you said before, Jonathan, not just to inform us. It, uh, the Bible stirs us. And so it's useful to um, ask when you've read some Bible verses, um, how should these verses stir me? What should they stir in me? Um, what right and godly desires and loves should they stir? And what things should they make me hate and run away from? And so then to pray that God would stir our hearts and that we wouldn't just know stuff from the Bible, but that we'd feel it. So those four things, I think, are a, just a useful way of taking time to think more deeply, to meditate on the Bible passages we've read. And I think you're right. Not only uh, does that mean we do it more deeply because we have those kind of four chambers of the heart, those four parts of who we are, but also, as you say, we reflect more personally. Uh, I'm trying to take it and apply it to my life. I'm, I'm not waiting for the application question at Bible study. I'm not waiting for the application bit of the sermon. I'm actually, as a disciple of Jesus, doing application in my life personally. That's it. And um, you know, some of the Puritans used to say, preach to yourself. And as you preach to yourself, imitate the most powerful preacher you've ever heard. <laughs> so really, really press the Bible home onto your own heart. And yeah, uh, contend for the gospel in your own life and commend the gospel to yourself. And if you do by, do that, you know, sort of day by day or fairly frequently, it's really going to strengthen your walk with God and your readiness to, um, to serve the Lord. Uh, Murray, what's a resource at the Gospel Coalition Australia website that you'd like to recommend for us? Yeah, well, look, I'll tell you how I use the, um, the, the, web, the website. I get the weekly email that comes out. And there's a weekly email that tells you sort of what the most recent articles have been. And I look over that list and I nearly always find a title there that looks interesting and I click on it and off I go. And that gets me onto the website and then I usually end up reading two or three others as well. And so the resource I'd commend to everyone is sign up for that email. Um, and it puts in front of me, uh, yeah, the latest and some, some really interesting stuff coming out. But it also just puts in front of me stuff I wouldn't have otherwise searched for or read but it's really good or really interesting. Uh, so just the other day, because of the email, I clicked on um, Simon Camilleri's uh, article on epic Bible reading. And it's great. It's like just really useful to think about that and think about how to do it and the value of it. Um, I wasn't thinking about epic Bible readings, um, but that came up and it's just a really useful thing. So a bunch of useful links, sign up to the weekly email and it'll get you reading all sorts of good stuff, I reckon. We'll, we'll pop Simon's article uh, in the show notes, but also uh, it, listeners who haven't yet subscribed to get that email, they should definitely go and do that right away. Thanks for joining me for this episode, Murray. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Jonathan. This podcast is made by the Gospel Coalition Australia. You can help us by sharing this episode with your friends, perhaps with your Bible study group uh, or others at church, and by going to our website, making a donation to grow the networks of Australian voices speaking the gospel. 
to Australians.